Zimbraconda is a proud supporter of Wisconsin Badger Athletics. If you're looking to purchase, finance, or service a new or pre-owned Honda, buy local. Part of the Madison community since 1973, Zimbraconda's customer service is second to none. Experience it today for yourself. Shop local. Shop Zimbraconda. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alongside former UW Athletic Director Pat Richter, here's Alex Strofe. It is another week in another edition of The Pat Richter Show right here at 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. How you doing, everybody? Hope you're having a wonderful Saturday morning. I'm Alex Stroke with you from the ESPN Madison studio. As always, joined by the man, the myth, the legend. Not the myth, though. We've determined that before. Uh, he is the, the former athletic director at the University of Wisconsin, the great Pat Richter with me. As always, here in the New Year. Happy New Year, Pat. How are you? Good, Alex. Just good to talk to you. Always good to talk to you, my friend, and obviously uh, a lot happening uh, here in Wisconsin, but uh, both at the University of Wisconsin and up in Green Bay, where we'll begin today, because uh, the Packers, pretty big game coming up on Sunday Night Football as they host the Detroit Lions. It comes down to this one. The Packers win, they're in. It's as simple as that. Uh, after a 4-8 and eight start to the season, the team has turned it around now 8-8, eight and eight, and will be 9-8 and eight with a win against Detroit and into the playoffs. Uh, if they win on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Before we dive into the game specifically, Pat, this turnaround is one of those classic, you remember where you were uh, seasons, right? I mean, I I remember the 2016 season where they were 4-6 and and they rattled off the last six games to get in and they get to the NFC Championship game. And this, this just feels like another one of those Aaron Rodgers vintage seasons and vintage turnarounds. Yeah, and I think it kind of started with the Bears game in terms of the comeback in that game, and that kind of kicked them off. And so, you know, Aaron hasn't given us the you know, relaxed business and whatever, but he kind of gives some pre-precedent words in terms of uh, not relaxing, but uh, wait and see what happens. And he kind of said that he uh, wanted to continue to play as long as there was an ounce of chance of bank being getting in the playoffs, and it certainly has happened that way. And uh, and I think that he. You really put it very well this week in McAfee. He talked about what was going on and what had happened up to this point in time. And and there's no question, I mean, it would be foolish not to admit the fact that you had some help along the way and uh, guys got bounced out and uh, all of a sudden you left uh, by standing away yourself saying, okay, now it's up to you. And, and so he said the help along the way has been very very rewarding, and it's helped along things uh, to, to happen to get them in positions to say, "Okay, now it's all up to us, and uh, we've got to, we've got to do it ourselves, and no help from anybody else, and uh, nobody to blame or to uh, to thank or to help, uh, but themselves." And so, uh, I think any athlete would like to be in that position. I mean, there's lots of teams in there that are hoping that somebody does something, and. And you have to be dependent upon them to give you a crack at it. But this one, you know, is is all right in front of them. It's at home. Crowd's going to be wild, and uh, the pressure's on Detroit because they haven't been anywhere for so long. And so uh, that's that's where he wants to be, and that's where he's at right now. Yeah, you're spot on with that, Pat. And, and now at eight and eight, this team controls their own destiny. I I, I would have never believed we'd be saying this after. Uh, 
after the Packers lost to your uh, your your former employer, obviously the Washington Commanders, a couple months back. I thought at that point, yep, things are not going to go well this season, and they certainly haven't. But they found a way to turn it around all of a sudden. Certainly, uh, certainly been an interesting ride. When you look at at this team, right, especially last week against Minnesota, it felt like that was really their first complete game in all three facets of the game right uh, they had a defensive touchdown a special teams touchdown and obviously the offense just really needed to do what they needed to do they were up 11 points by uh, their, their second drive offensively because of the special team and the defensive touchdown early but it, it finally feels like this team is playing complimentary football and I'm curious if you have any thoughts as to why it's taken so long for this team to get there obviously there's some youth that, that may have played a role but defensively they were underwhelming until the last few weeks why do you think it's taken so long for this team to really put together a complete game well i think you know certainly uh, some of the injuries have to to do uh an awful lot with that i mean back to Ari has never been you know guaranteed to be a player on any weekend he's uh then the appendixitis came in and, and he was ditched and then uh jenkins he was taking time as well with respect to his injury, and then he got back in shape, gave some of the younger guys a chance to play. But I think probably the thing that really kicked everybody off a little bit was the special teams and uh, the, Nixon in terms of the runbacks and things like this. I mean, you you start to see whether you get to playoff and you start to get the ball on the 40 and 50-yard lines and maybe a chance to break one 100 yards, which is crazy. Then that really gets guys going, getting excited, and uh, and that's something because you took a huge negative, which has been up to up to this year, and something that really was just causing costing us points to uh, field position with respect to the other team, to all of a sudden getting a kickoff and uh, and running it back for a touchdown or deep yardage, and I mean Aaron's got to be just loving it, and uh, he get the ball on the 40 or 50 yard line. That's something that he really can work with and uh, and move along, and I think to get certainly the there's been so much pressure and, and attention paced to the to the receivers that uh, Watkins Watson kind of just jumped into it all of a sudden and he made some plays and that gave everybody a little bit of an excitement. Then you were able to push it out past the bye, and then Dobbs came back. You know, Cobb was still being steady. Yeah tight ends participating in there. And I think so. there's a number of different things that have happened. And I think the schedule, other than going away to uh, to uh, Miami, has been kind of favorable in terms of the home field. And uh, although the weather hasn't really been that bad, that you have to say, well, it's a home field advantage. It is because of the fans, but uh, not because of the weather, as you normally think of as those things. So I... And I think that uh, it's just a great deal of confidence. I mean, these guys are professionals, and when things get really tough and get down, and they see a little glimmer of hope and some cracks in the the uh, opponents in terms of either whether it's a run back or a, a, a takeaway for a touchdown or something like that, they they really get cranked up, and that's uh, that's what's happened. And I think that everybody feeds off of each other in terms of the confidence that they have to. Make a stop, make an interception. You know they've just been very good in terms of takeaways, and uh, and even though Aaron is not as throwing as many passes and completing as many passes as he has in the past, he's playing through a different ball game with a little more of a running attack, and uh, and he's, he seems to be healthier. Alone, the thumb seems to have 
come along well, and uh, he's back to. I mean, we haven't seen him run like he's run in the last couple of weeks uh, yeah. all year, and yeah. and that makes a big difference. And so uh, there's a lot of things that are converging, and uh, all in all, it still boils down to a question of confidence that hey, we're 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 the team we should have been, and even though lately later to get the chance to be show what they can do. You know, better like the better late than never syndrome. So, I think that they uh, everybody's getting a little confidence, and they we kind of played a little bit of a tweaking game with the offense, and the defense has played up to their abilities, and some younger guys have gotten a chance and uh, and showed what they can do. And uh, so this this game this week will be a real test because you got to you know Goff is a, uh, a veteran guy, and uh, if he gets a lot of time, he's got some good receivers. So. I think they're going to find a way to get to the, the passer this week, and that'll be a big help. Yeah, a couple, a couple things I take away from that, Pat, is number one, yeah, you mentioned Jared Goff there at the end, and he's played really efficient football. Uh, the last interception he threw was week nine to Jair Alexander when the Lions beat the Packers. So it's been uh, uh, two months to the day we're recording. Uh... Continuing our conversation here on the Pat Richter Show on your Saturday morning. Alex Stroh, former UW Athletic Director, former NFL receiver. Pat Richter with you here on your Saturday morning. And, Pat, I want to talk a little Badgers because I've been curious on the process of things, and obviously you have insight unlike anybody else as a former athletic director. But first off, before we get to some of the insight and some of the ins and outs of how things work, uh, both the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator. That'd be Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator coming from North Carolina, and Mike Tressel, who follows Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. We're introduced, met with the media on Thursday morning for the first time here in Madison. Uh, I was able to get there and, and, and listen to these guys, and, and, and my big takeaway is both of these guys love talking about football. You could tell how animated they got when they were talking X's and O's, and it was, uh, it was really refreshing to see so much energy and passion and excitement for the Wisconsin football program. But uh, two new coordinators and obviously a new head coach. It, it is a brand-new era uh, here in Madison for this football team. Uh, I'm sure you've had plenty of time to read up and, and, and you know brush up on who, who exactly these coordinators are and Phil Longo and Mike Tressel. Uh, what, what are your initial takeaways of these guys coming into Madison? Well, certainly they're well-qualified. I think you say, you know, when you look at where they came from and say Cincinnati and you start to wonder about that, then you realize that they were in a championship uh, playoffs uh, last year, and uh, and a chance to uh, to do some really big things. I think that they they've done some great things. They're probably in, in the lifespan of a career or whatever. They're not fully there yet in terms of a lot of things that they want to accomplish, and they believe that they could do it with Wisconsin. And I think that uh, that's the positive sign is that they see enough here. And and the other thing about it is the fact. It gives you a comfort level that uh, this this number of player or uh, coaches that have followed uh, Luke is a good sign because as we've talked about it many times here, you know one of the important questions whether Mac asked it or not I don't know, saying well who do you want who are you going to bring with you and uh, that's an important uh, tra- trigger mark because then you say well if I'm going to bring so and so and so and so. And these people are willing to put their careers on the line. I mean, you'd say, okay, well, Trestle and uh, Longo, what are they doing? They could have stayed where they were at. They could have gotten another opportunity. 
but they thought they would come and would look fickle because that's where he believes that the world work can be done and the success that uh, is done is going to be attributed a lot to what they do. So that's the important thing is that uh, everybody's on the same page, everybody understands the opportunity and understands that the the talent that is there and the ability to attract good talent is, is good. And I think that that's a very important sign. And I think that, uh, you know, like I say, with Dressel, whether or not he had an opportunity to to get in the mix with respect to the head coaching job at uh, Cincinnati, I don't know. Longo, they've been doing very well at uh, Carolina. A, a non-traditional, you might say. You, you think of them at basketball, but they've done a very good job in football yeah. with Mac Brown back there. And so... In that respect, you'd say this is, a, is another kind of a step up for him. You can even know he's, they were successful in the ACC. It's really not doesn't have a tag as the, uh, the Big Ten does. And showing what you can do here is going to be very important. I think the fact that they could, he uh, started talking about the air raid show and that sort of thing, it can to validate the. Uh, the offensive uh, system that they're bringing is, is very important, and uh, they believe that they, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to have uh, persuaded them that they shouldn't stick with uh, what brought what brought them here, so to speak, is the passing attack because they believe that they can do both passing and running, not unlike what the Packers are doing. And the Packers, we think of them as strictly a throwing bunch, and all of a sudden during the season to make success. They pull out the, the uh, running attack, and it's been an integral part and a very important part of what's going on. And so, uh, I think that they there's somewhat there was some discussion. I'm not sure where that is all at. We talked off the air in terms of a co-coordinator in defense. You know that worked for a while with uh, Barry, with uh, Dave Dorn and Mike Hankwitz, and eventually it split off. And both have done both did very well by doing it on their own. And whether or not that'll happen, I'm not sure. It uh, seems like they give the coaches a little bit of a, a little bit more work in the sense of you're not only a defensive coordinator, but you're a linebacker coach or secondary coach or something like that. You kind of have a dual role. And maybe that's what he's thinking if they, in terms of a yeah. co-coordinator. I'm not sure. Well, but I'll just jump that, in real quick on that, Pat, and I'll let you continue. But Tressel was a co-coordinator at Cincinnati as well, so I think that's why it's being discussed. But he currently will oversee the defense, at least for now. And I think you're probably right. They may be looking at to bring somebody in. Uh, but but he's also got the emphasis on the, the inside linebackers as well. So anyway, continue. Sorry. Yeah. And, and that's, you know... They are the only ones that know how difficult or easy that is to do when you've got a coordinator and you've got a position. And uh, But I think that these guys are, are chomping at the bit to get it going because they've uh, seen what Wisconsin is all about. I think most recently, you know, the, the T.J. Watts of the world, uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are still playing there in terms of Sanborn, Van Ginkle. And uh, so I think in that regard, there's – it's not just a running attack that's uh, got the notoriety of the big lineman or whatever. There's a lot of other skill players and, and key players, rush, rush ends and things like that, that are making a mark as well. And it seems like we've gotten some of those guys to uh, give Wisconsin a nod. And so, and, and, they'll, and they're really working hard on the, uh, the portal. And uh, I think the fact that they've got a lot of acceptances 
is is very good sign as well. And uh, everything at this stage, I would say that they, from an expectation standpoint, I think that they're probably maybe ahead just because of all the work that needed to be done, the changes in, in timing and things like that, and uh, what what has occurred. Yeah, I think you're absolutely uh, spot on with that. So I'm curious, Pat, on, on maybe the perspective of an athletic director and the involvement of an athletic director when it comes to, obviously you're heavily involved in, in the head coaching search, right? So when you brought in Barry, obviously you were totally hands-on with that, similarly to how Mac was with Luke Fickle. But when it, when it comes to the assistants and the coordinators, how involved is an athletic director? Is that completely up to Luke Fickle in, in this case of, of who he wants to bring onto his staff? Does the athletic director have any, any input or any say? Uh, how, how does that process work from an athletic director standpoint? Well, I think from my perspective, uh, I think you've got to let the coach do his job. And, uh, and I think that uh, you hired him to be the head coach, and the, it's in his uh, ability to hire the right people, to identify what's needed and what's necessary. If there's any people that needed to be carried over, uh, you know what that is all about, or starting from scratch in terms of new co- coaches and things like that. But you really basically, I think, as far as I'm concerned, and I don't know if anybody would disagree with it, you, you've got to let them do their job. I mean, the fact is is that uh, if, in fact, they don't, uh, it's, their, it's their job that's at risk, and, uh, and that's something that uh, you know, nobody wants to have happen. And so it's, it's not a second-guessing. It's a question I remember talking to different coaches about saying, well, I, I'm not sure this person's really going to make it in the coaching and what we're trying to do and things like this, and just more or less kind of questioning it. And I basically was saying, well, if you don't want think that they can do it, whatever it's, whether it's football or basketball or any sport, they, they, they're just not quite the right person. You've got to make a decision yourself. If you want to make a move and make a change, because you're the one responsible, and if it doesn't work out, it's not successful. You're the one that's going to be at risk, and uh, you want to make sure that you do everything you can to make the enterprise be successful, and uh, and that means the terms of people. And if one something doesn't something doesn't fit somewhere, you got to make a move. As bold as it might seem, uh, it's something that has to happen because you uh, you've got the the whole enterprise at risk, so to speak. So I think that for the most part, you hire a coach just like you do. The athletic director has certain responsibilities, and then they hire the coach. They have certain responsibilities. And and that's really, as far as I'm concerned, the only way it can work. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. And I, I guess I'm just curious because, I don't know, right? I've never been in, in that position, yeah. and nobody listening has, I assume, other than obviously you. So it's a unique it's a unique position, and as we've talked about it plenty over the last two months, Pat, I mean, there's hasn't been a lot of coach firings in, in at the University of Wisconsin that turns into, you know, since uh, since mid-October when, when Paul Chris was like, oh, and to now, uh, early January, where, uh, you know, the entire staff is essentially put together uh at this point so now what i guess would be my question right both coaches talked a lot about hitting the recruiting trail hard as, as there's a signing period coming up in february 
But this has become, a it seems, through the transfer portal, a really hot destination, both for quarterbacks but other positions as well. I saw a former, uh, of last year's class, a former four-star cornerback uh, recruit on the defensive side uh, is visiting Madison uh, tomorrow, um, you know, sometime this weekend. So th- there's a lot of things happening, a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. But my, my question simply, and, and take this wherever you like, Pat, is, is what's next after all this? Well, certainly the, the signs of what's going on in the portal are encouraging. I mean, that's a positive, I'd say. I mean, it's a positive in a timing standpoint. I mean, I think that we recognize in order to do the things that uh, Lucas wanted to do defensively and offensively, you've got to have the right kind of personnel to do that. And so if they don't, that's the only thing that they can do to get some kind of instant fix, so to speak. And so that, in that regard, uh, the fact that they're getting a lot of action there is good. Uh, I think they're going to have a pretty crowded quarterback room for it looks like it might be happening. But I think that if all the guys there believe that they can be the starter and come out ahead, that's going to be good competition, and that'll be uh, welcome, I think. And, and so, uh, but they, uh, they're, they're also looking at the future. And I think that uh, you want to be in the portal for certain things, and it's a timing issue more than anything else. I, mean, I, I would guess as you go out from the years to, uh, to the future, this action in the portal is not going to be nearly as much as it is today. And, and, that's, and that's a good sign. So it, portal is good, and then portal is not good at some point in time. And so I think that Luke has made that clear, that it, he wants to make sure that he gets the right kind of people uh, to get uh, go off on a good start. But in the future, the future is in recruiting and uh, keeping the best players in the state uh, at Wisconsin and, and then going and cherry-picking, so to speak. But basically kind of saying that you're an ori- a recruiting-oriented team, not a transfer-oriented team, and I think that makes sense. I think it does, too. He's Pat Richter. I'm Alex Strope. This is the Pat Richter Show right here on 100.5 ESPN. Been an interesting week in the Big Ten for the men's basketball side of things. We'll talk about that next, including the Badgers, who remain one of the only undefeated teams in conference play. That's right after this. It's the Pat Richter Show right here on ESPN Madison. I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. Take me to the place I love. Moving right along here on your Saturday morning, it is the Pat Richter Show. I'm Alex Strope with you from the ESPN Madison studio alongside, as always, former UW Athletic Director, former NFLer, all-time great Badger, the great Pat Richter with me, as always. And Pat, I think sometimes I forget to reiterate for, for maybe somebody that hasn't listened to this show before, but uh, when during your time as a student at, at UW, you were a three-sport athlete. You were, you were a football player, you were a basketball player, and a baseball player, one of the last, if not the last, ever to that. At, at the UW, so always love getting your perspective on on the other sports um, besides the football team. Obviously, they've dominated the headlines the last few months with all the changes. But uh, now we're in the midst of Big Ten basketball play, and it's been uh, it's been an exciting week in the Big Ten. You you saw early in the week Purdue on Monday night falls to Rutgers on the road, um, and then they almost lose a close one at Ohio State on, on Thursday night, but they're able to pull that one out as as uh, as they entered the week as one of the few undefeated teams in all of college basketball. And ranked number one in the country, uh, but the Badgers on on Tuesday night, Pat, they get a uh, they get a 
another interesting win, man. It's it's never easy with those Badgers, that Badgers men's team uh, over Minnesota at the Kohl Center. And, and later today, uh, Saturday at 1230 on ESPN2, they'll play at Illinois. So uh, what are some of your early takeaways from this Badgers team? I mean, it's, uh, it's every game it seems that they've played against a, a Power 5 team has been within five points it's uh but they've they've tend to come out on the winning side of all of those just about other than the kansas game back in late november so uh they're a team that 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 is very very gritty and they're always in it it seems tell you what just before we get into that i got you mentioned about the different sports and playing and things like this and i got an interesting little thing my my son barry got a a text from a friend of his and said he was talking to his father about uh said that I was his, his favorite Wisconsin athlete, whatever. And he's thinking about football, whatever. And he said, he said he remembers going to a baseball game at Normal, Illinois. Oh, wow. And uh, and I got on base, and I stole a base, and he was impressed. The fact that I had speed, and it could, it could steal a base. <laughs> uh, you think of that, hitting the ball, no. Catching a pass, no. Making a basket, no. Stealing, that's something I don't think I ever have happened. But anyway... So, no, back to the uh, Badgers now, back to reality. Yeah, right. Uh, Time to close I, the yearbook. I think this, the, the game that's actually coming today, I guess, when we're on, we're on the radio, uh, I think the Illinois game is going to really be tough. I watched part of their game the other day, and they, they're physical, and uh, they've got a Brad Underwood mentality that he's really gets after them. And I think they're about ready to break loose or one of these games. So this ought to be really be tough. And depending on Wall's availability is going to make it even more difficult. I think it's it's great when you can sp- uh, kind of spend, spell some the starters like Wall with uh, Carter Gilmore and uh, these other guys. And so if if, in fact, he's not starting, you could drop down. And we're not really heavy in terms of depth into big boys. And so I think it's going to be a real difficult. We have to shoot well. We have to make sure that uh, Chucky gets the last second chance to steal the ball like he's done. It's almost like a uh, every game he's got the same kind of mentality, and he's done well. And everybody's got to play a good game and pick it up for Tyler. Uh, Davis has made some shots. He is a bouncing off the backboard, did a great job. And uh, Asijin is doing a, I think a wonderful job as a freshman. So I think that they uh, they've, they've surprised an awful lot of people. There's only three games into the, the burn, so to speak. So there's a lot of the basketball yet to be played, but still you better be in that position than anything else. But when you do, you're going to get your bullseye on the back and everybody's going to be taking a shot at you. So the game against uh, Minnesota was uh, rewarding in the sense that they won the victory. But the fact that they blew a 15-point lead is something that you just can't afford to do against uh, better teams. And uh, Minnesota is, is a decent team. They don't, the record doesn't show that. But they, when they're on and they, the guys are playing weather together, I think they're very effective. And so it, it's it, the Big Ten is just going to be very difficult as uh, as Rutgers has proven to uh, when beating Purdue, and uh, it's going to be tough a tough year. But certainly so far, they've surprised all the so-called experts, and which is a good thing because every year you do that, it seems like it always turns out to be fourth place or better. Yeah, I was just about to say, it seems like that's becoming an annual occurrence, right? The, the experts predict them to take bottom four, bottom five in the Big Ten, and they, as you just said, always take 
a top four, if not top two, it seems the last couple of years, right? I mean, think back to 2020. Nobody thought that team was going to be Big Ten, uh, Big Ten champs, and they, they obviously win the regular season title. And then we know what what happened after that is there was no tournament in 2020. But uh, same with last year, right? They they entered the Big Ten tournament. I think as a two seed. I think it was maybe a three seed, and and they have an early exit uh, as they lost to Michigan State. But regardless, I mean, they, they they've continually been a, a top four or five team in the Big Ten under head coach Greg Gard, which just, I think, gives credit to how, how darn good of a coach he's been since he replaced uh, the now-retired Bo Ryan. So been a really fun ride the last couple of years. But looking at this team in particular, it, it seems like, you know, I was trying to explain it to my girlfriend. She's not a huge basketball fan, so I was trying to, you know, break it down as simply as I could. And in past years, it's always seemed like there's been the guy, right? You think back to the, the Final Four teams. There was a Sam Decker um, and a Frank Kaminsky, or even in last year, right? They had a Johnny Davis. It seems like this year it's more of a balanced attack, and any night one guy could put up 15 and another could put up 12. And you mentioned Tyler Wall, who probably, quote-unquote, is the guy, but when he goes out with an ankle injury on Tuesday night, then you see a guy like Stephen Crowell step up his game, and he's really developed an outside shot. So uh, I, I don't know if that's an advantage or a disadvantage, but it doesn't seem like they really have the guy here in the 22-23 season. Do, do you view that as an issue, or, or maybe is that an advantage of sorts? I think it's an advantage because uh, yeah, the team is uh, scouting you and doing things all necessary to say, well, let's do this on this person here. We'll take some help over here and put them in there. And, you know, they can't afford to be spreading people around because you're not sure who is going to be the, the star of that particular night. Uh, you know, for the life of me, I can't still can't quite figure out officiating Stephen Crowell and the bump and grind in the in the in the paint down there. I mean, he's boom, boom, boom. He doesn't get a call. I mean, I'm missing something someplace. And in terms of the other, when they got the ball, they can kind of just get a little touch foul. And in the other ways, he's saying he's just taking up your space and keep you bumping it. And so, but I think that he's uh, he's done a wonderful job this year. And he, the main thing is that you can see it happening in the Minnesota game. They went after him in terms of trying to get him in foul trouble. And, uh, Got him out a little bit in the first half, and then the second half trying to get that third foul on him. And uh, you know, Greg doesn't have the luxury of you know giving him more fouls because he doesn't have much of a lengthy bench. And yeah. so, but I, I think that uh, certainly uh, it's an advantage because Chucky, you're not sure. Chucky sometimes doesn't seem to be interested in throwing it up there. He's just distributing the ball and playing good uh, defense and. Uh, and all of a sudden, it seemed like okay, it's time for me to fire away and he, some uh, some unusual shots and tough shots, and he's and he's very good at it. And then, uh, of course, in the defense at the end of the game, and the fact that he's uh, he's he's seen this in films and he's worked it over and he's a real student of the game and tendencies to dribble a certain way. I mean, in the last one, I I still not sure how he got that ball. He got his hand in there and got it out without hitting something. And uh, and he's just uh, he's a gamer, and that's what we need. And uh, you can see why last year when he went out in the tournament that we were we were in trouble. And uh, and then now hopefully he stays healthy the rest of the year. And it's good a good mix of guys. They seem to like play play each other well. Some of them are. I mean, you can't say that they're afraid to take a shot. I mean, Carter will hoop it up there now and then, and Johnny Davis the same thing. And uh, and who's to say they're not going to pop it? So uh, it's a fun team to watch, and 
And I think that they, because they work on the fundamentals and uh, the things that Bo taught his teams, and now Greg is doing the same thing, working on the fundamentals and, and the t- less turnovers and making the teams hold on the ball yeah. is a very, very satisfactory and, and, and worthwhile. Absolutely. I mean, it, we, we will see. I think, uh, I think you're right with the, the analysis on this Illinois game uh, on Saturday, tomorrow, or today, rather, uh, later today on ESPN2. Uh, th- that's a team that's scrappy as well, and they've got a couple guys that can go off on a moment's notice. That's the beauty of Big Ten basketball, though, right? I mean, you look at earlier this week, Rutgers-Purdue. Rutgers isn't regarded as a very good team nationally, but they're able to knock off the number one team in the country. So you just never really know what will happen in Big Ten play. I think that's what makes it, uh, and obviously I have a little bias, but I think it's the best basketball conference in the country year after year. Uh, it's just such a good product, so so much parity, so competitive, and that makes it a lot of fun. So Wisconsin-Illinois, 12.30 today on ESPN2, where you can watch that one uh, later today as you're listening to us. On your Saturday morning, he's Pat Richter of Alex Strope. We're going to wrap it up after this. I've got a question for Pat on the Brewers. I need to know where his feelings are. And then I'll get uh, his score prediction as well. Packers, Lions tomorrow, do or die time for the Packers. We wrap up the Pat Richter Show right after this. Okay, time to uh, slide our way into the final segment. Steal a, steal a base, if you will, here at the Pat Richter Show. I'm Alex Strofe alongside... Uh, Base-stealing extraordinaire, Pat Richter, the former UW Athletic Director. And, Pat, uh, it's obviously the offseason for the Milwaukee Brewers, and they made the uh, the change of president of baseball operations. Now David Arnold leading the charge there. Uh, but, but there was a graphic going around the Internet earlier this week that showed the Brewers, uh, by default, spent the least amount of money of any MLB franchise in free agency. Because at that point, they hadn't signed anybody in free agency. Uh, but they break that spell by signing pitcher Wade Miley earlier in the week. Uh, but still, they rank 30th of all teams in, in terms of spending this offseason. So, Pat, I, 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 I don't know what they're doing, to be real honest with you. Obviously, this is a team that's, that's been in contention the last few years. Obviously, last year ended disappointingly for a team that was in first place in August. But... I, I feel like you'd be trying to make some moves and, and make that push to the World Series finally, but no outside moves for the Brewers up until this, this week. What, what the heck's going on in Milwaukee? Well, I think they find out realize that probably making us realize that it's not as easy as it seems and that they are very close. They were only a game away last year, uh, and uh, getting off to a good start is very important, but the fact is, is that they were close, and now they're fine-tuning it. I think certainly they still haven't overcome the, the hater uh, situation, and uh, and yet they've they've got rid of you know, Wong and McCutcheon and guys that we thought pretty highly of, but they're starting to get put a little bit more responsibility on these young guys, the guys that are in this system, so to speak, and I think that they're now they're going to try something maybe a little different. Maybe that's Arnold's mo is trying to give the young guys an opportunity and build, bring them along and, and still keep them as close with the pitching so that they're in, in, the, in contention. And that's maybe what they did with Miley, is to, uh, to hang on to his opportunities to, to be a good player as he was with the Brewers and, and maybe is going to come back even more rejuvenated to, uh, for, for the next year. And, uh, and I think that that's uh, something that 
maybe this is putting his mark on it. In fact, I mean, certainly you can't say, well, he didn't put a mark on anything because he just didn't spend any money. And so, but I, I don't, I'm not so sure it's a spending situation making things different. And I think it maybe is an opportunity to, to spend some money at a different time. And that maybe when they're down, if they, and during the season with trades and things like this, maybe that's the opportunity they're looking at now. But I, uh, you know, we've we've certainly, if Miley can play as well as a number of the players that we've let him go, like Gene Segura and players like that, you know, I think we'll be all right. I I was disappointed that that uh, Jace Peterson, but you know, when you really peel it back, he just it wasn't a, a great year. Except yeah. there were some things that highlights stand out that uh, that he did a good job, but. And all in all, I think that a lot of the younger guys that they're giving, it seems like each day there's another young guy that somebody talks about it being an opportunity. And uh, and I think that they may just be going that direction a little bit and trying to figure that we're going to be in some of these games not because of the youngsters we're playing, but because of the pitching we've got and giving the youngsters a chance to be, to play um, play every day and giving them an opportunity to show what they can do and bring them along, along with a, a, a veteran pitching core. Yeah, I, uh, I think you're right. It's a little frustrating, for, for sure, but uh, we will see. I mean, it's a team that always seems to compete regardless of spending, but uh, who knows? Who, who knows what's going on in Milwaukee, obviously, with the changes in the front office. So we will see. All right, Pat, the last thing. I've been teasing it all episode long. The last thing I need to ask you on today's episode, Packers-Lions, Sunday night football. Packers win, they're in. What happens tomorrow night? Packers 20, Lions 17. Oh, boy, close one. Oh, yeah. You think, I think it'll be tight. Yeah, I do too. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit more higher scoring. I'll go 27-23. I think Green Bay wins as well. So do you think it comes down? Because I think a lot of people expect that this will be a back-and-forth, nail-biting game. You think it'll come down to like some Mason Crosby magic at the end of the game to give them that 2017? Because I, I feel like that might be how this one plays out. It'll go right down to the wire. I don't know. I, I don't like to have it come down the wire and make it be magic. It's more excitement than anything else, and I don't like excitement at that point in the game. <laughs> but uh, I think that I think that the, certainly the, uh, the defense. I think it's a it's a game where it breaks, and I think the turnovers are going to really be the key. I think you're right, and it has been the key for them over this four-game winning streak, uh, certainly leading the way uh, when it when it comes to turnovers. So uh, we'll have plenty to react to next week, Pat. Plenty of uh, a couple of Badgers basketball games that will happen in the meantime, as well as obviously whatever happens here. We could be getting ready for a playoff game for all we know the next time we talk for the Green Bay Packers. Well, as always, Pat, I appreciate the time and, and looking forward to doing this uh, the rest of the new year. Okay, Alex, have a good weekend. Right back at you, Pat. He's Pat Richter. I'm Alex Stroff. This has been the Pat Richter Show here on ESPN Madison. You miss any of the show, you can find it at WisconsinOnDemand.com, the Wisconsin On Demand app, or wherever you get your podcast in the Varsity Podcast feed for all of your favorite Wisconsin Badgers conversations across ESPN Wisconsin. Well, for Pat Richter, I'm Alex Stroff from the ESPN Madison studios. This has been the Pat Richter Show.